The Daily Rios for Friday, August twenty fourth, two thousand twelve. Feedback Friday. Of all the episodes this week, TV Tuesday had quite a number of responses, so we're going to start there. Tony H. says, Listening to TV Tuesday and enjoying your review of the various TV shows, Star Trek and Batman animated series were the highlights for me. The last season of Star Trek may get cheesy, as Roddenberry wasn't a part of it. Deep Space Nine is my favorite, Enterprise my least favorite, for various reasons. Another TV show I really enjoy is Fringe. It's starting its last season, and I highly recommend it. I would have to put Star Trek Next Generation as my favorite series because I, quote-unquote, grew up with it, watched it from the beginning. I do really like Deep Space Nine, though, and all of those Star Trek shows I'll be watching in this great rewatch once I get to them. I'm actually looking forward to getting, getting to Deep Space Nine. A lot of the later seasons I, I've never really seen, or I, I saw maybe bits and pieces there was the Great Cardassian War and the Dominion War that I really want to get involved with. So I'm looking forward to eventually getting to Deep Space Nine. I'm probably also going to... I do this with my comics a lot, too. When I do this great rewatch, when I get to Star Trek Next Generation and Deep Space Nine, I'm going to watch them in order that they were released. So I'll probably be watching an episode of Next Generation and then an episode of Deep Space Nine and then back and forth because... The mythology kind of grew from what I remember. Certain things popped up in certain episodes or characters showed up. or it's just a, There's a definite chronology, so uh, I'm going to be that anal about that show. Or, I should say, that uh, universe. As to Fringe, I've been hearing a lot of things about that for the past number of years. People who love it, people who were bored by it. It's got me kind of curious. So maybe I'll throw that into the rotation sometime down the road, especially if it's ending. That kind of intrigues me to see see where it's all going to wrap up. Ryan Senior of the Senior Cast says, You're a brave, brave man for pushing through Smallville. Heroes changed my life in superhero TV. I have to say, the second time I saw season one of Heroes, I enjoyed it a lot more than the first time. I wrote a little bit about Heroes on my Tumblr, and then my girlfriend has the box sets, the DVD box sets, so I borrowed the first season. I Really, I borrowed the second season, but I said, let me try to catch up on the f- with the first season again. Wound up watching it again, and, and, and enjoyed it. I, I, the pacing didn't feel as slow. It didn't feel as repetitive. The ending never really was as spectacular as it could be. But I enjoyed the story that it was trying to say, so I'm looking forward to ca- catching up with that, and I know it goes off the rails eventually down the road. Really, ultimately, I want to watch Misfits from, from the BBC, because I hear that's fantastic. And while it's not the same concept, or, or it's not executed the same way, it has some similar themes, so I do want to check that out. And then 
I've been hearing a little bit of buzz about the new show Alphas, but I don't know, maybe that whole TV superhero theme genre show is, is uh, has burned out by now. Let me go on. Nasser from Comic Break says, Love Batman the Animated Series. Been watching the reruns on The Hub, and all these years later, they're still great. Recently started watching Justice League from the beginning, and it's interesting to see Batman's design change from the big bulky fighter of the animated series to the more athletic lean figure of Justice League. Yeah, I I don't think I mentioned that in that TV Tuesday episode. Uh, Batman really did. He looked really bulky. By the way, I'm watching them on the WB. They actually have all the episodes there. And I also took note, and I forgot to mention, the Superman... X character from Legion of Superheroes, the Superman from the future of the future, his costume has a lot of similarities to the current Superman in the new DC-52. The belt is almost identical, there are no red shorts, and there are all these line segments in his costume, and in the costuming around the legs and the arms and the abs and all that, very similar to what is being done now with a lot of the costumes. I thought I thought that I just thought that was interesting. I I don't know if that if they ever went back and looked at that costume and thought that that was a nice template, or it's just a I don't know. It's just a generic enough look that it's almost a no brainer to design it the way it, it, it's currently designed. I actually have no no problem with all those little lines and 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 that they're spread out um, among all the Justice Leaguers, Flash and Batman. Uh, Superman, I guess maybe Green Lantern. I mean, it doesn't bother me. I mean, if you're really going to get that picky about the lines on the costumes, why are they all in belts and shorts? Why do they all have calf uh, knee-high boots? Why do they all have capes or cows or an emblem on the chest? I mean, if you really look at a lot of those costumes, they were all designed to look the same. Even back in the Golden Age, Superman, Batman... Aquaman, Green Lantern, Flash. They all have a basic structure to it. A little so the, so they went a little further with it and added lines. It doesn't bother me. It doesn't bother me at all. John Carroll also responds to Tuesday's episode but about a different topic. He says, "You know, I'm a runner and your working out reminds me of this. It takes a minimum of 3 to 6 months to make a workout routine a habit. If I didn't run at least 4 to 5 times a week, I get antsy. Also, I used to do weights strictly for flexibility and core workout five times a week, then fell out of it about a year ago. It has been impossible for me to make myself do it again. I do the minimum necessary. Starting next week, I try again to make it a habit. Here's to it again. Well, good luck with that, John. Uh, John is uh, a member of the PKD Black Box. He hosts the Carol Chronicles, although I don't think he's put out an episode in a while. But you can catch up on catch him up on, on that podcast every now and then. And yeah, I agree. I started out this week, as I talked about in that Tuesday episode, and I have not been able to get back into it as much as I used to. It's a little bit of slow going, get my body back into it again. Tuesday's workout included some squats, and my legs have not... Well, I guess they've recovered now. Uh, But, boy, they were killing me for Wednesday and Thursday, right around the back of the thighs and the top of the thighs. Um, So then I just went to ab work and weight work, and today I finally got back to doing some cardio again, and, you know, it does, it does take, uh, it's, it's that mental jump, it's that mental hurdle, it's not so much of actually doing 
whatever exercise it is you want to do, it's training your brain to actually start working out, getting over that hurdle of, okay, get on some clothing, put some music on, or put your iPod on, go running, biking, working out, whatever. It's that mental jump to actually do it. Actors suffer from this too, that mental jump of going, oh God, I got to get up out of bed and go get on a 5.30 bus to get to New York, or or I'm in New York and I got to get up early because I got to go stand in line for an audition. It's the hurdle of wanting to do it. I think that's really where your brain sort of changes and sort of the chemicals kind of go. That's that's the habit that gets created of go, of making the decision. It's not so much doing it. It's just, you know, we're our own biggest hurdle when it comes to that. Make that decision, stick to it, and do it. Uh, however, whatever it takes. Have somebody yell at you. Have somebody do it with you. Or have a schedule. But until you train your brain to do it, until you train your brain to stop playing video games for an hour or watching TV or reading or goofing off or procrastinating or whatever, uh, you know, when you reach for those bag of chips or those cookies, train your brain to go, ah, 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 nope, nope, work out, go work out. You know, that, that, that's what I suffer from, you know, getting my brain to do that, making that mental shift of not doing it to I want to do it. Once you start doing that and it becomes habit, awesome. It'll start to work for you. So uh, take it from someone who knows, who's, who's, a, who's a procrastinator and uh, who sometimes makes things harder for himself. Make your brain, make that decision, all will be well. All right, let's go on here. Uh, from New Comics Wednesday, this is from Jason Ford of thewombmates.com, W-O-M-B-M-A-T-E-S.com. Real quick, he says, love the quick rundown of the week's comics, in and out, and I still got a great overview of comics. Thanks, Jason Ford. Thank you. Actually, uh, that that brings up a little something. I only really talk about a handful of comics for New Comics Wednesday. Stuff that is new, a new original graphic novel, a new trade, a new number one, a new creative team. But does anybody want to hear more? Do you just want to hear a generic rundown of everything that's out? Uh, do you want to just stick to the recommendations? Ultimately, I think we all buy what we're going to buy anyway. So the reason I do that is because here here are some recommendations of things that maybe you didn't know about or might interest you. I never really was interested in spouting out everything I was getting for the week because most of the times people know what I'm what I want. I know what I what I like and what I read. DC, a certain writer, a certain artist. It's the stuff that stands out that I find more interesting to talk about. So let me know what, what, what you want out of that episode. Chris Beckett writes, uh, I agree wholeheartedly with your thoughts on Invisibles. It's an important, challenging personal work that offers so much to readers. I find it disappointing that this, along with Sandman and other similar series, seems to get knocked down a peg or two by pundits when they reassess these works. But what do I know? Anyway, I was curious if you'd ever read Anarchy for the Masses, which goes in-depth into the symbolism and story connections for Invisibles, including interviews with Morrison and many of the artists. If you're into that thing, as I, I obviously am, it's a great read and adds a lot to the series. Great show. The Daily Rios always jumps to the top of my pile when a new one is available. Keep up the good work. Good luck with the new school year, and I look forward to seeing you at SPX. Take care, Chris, of ReadingWatchmen.com.
I have not read Anarchy, Anarchy for the Masses. It's been really hard to find, and I remember seeing it at Midtown Comics in New York once, and I didn't pick it up. And I kick myself for not doing it. But I do want that book. It has a great Frank Quitely cover. So, uh, yeah, that is something I'm, I, I always have on my want list to get at some point. There are a lot of resources online for anybody who wants to do an Invisibles reread, but that's one I haven't seen yet, so, uh, so I want to uh, put that in my collection at some point. To his point about pundits reassessing certain works and trying to knock them down a peg, I just, uh, I just chalk that up to some people just want to show how knowledgeable they are and what kind of big words they can use, and how witty they can put their sentences together. Not everybody, but the majority of the people. I always say, look at their other reviews, look at what they do like, look at what they don't like, and do they just have an agenda? Do they just really want to, I don't know, get hits on their blog or whatever? And if so, then if that's their goal, then I don't really pay them much attention. If it's someone who has a legitimate point, you know, I'll certainly read whatever they have to say. It won't change my, my thoughts on certain series. But it is a trend that, uh, I don't know, I think it's, I think it's a little bit of a, a very obvious gimme in the tools of people who write blogs. It's uh, an easy way to, I don't know, come up with your th- a thousand word article for the day. That's how I look at it. Mikhail says... Are you ever going to have a forum for the Daily Rios? Hell no. <laughs> no way. No interest. I haven't really talked much on a forum in the past year and a half. Uh, yeah, not, not for me. I'll stick to the website and emails. I'll use the comments on the website. I'll respond to the comments on the website. Mostly I respond on Feedback Friday, but I'll, I'll start to try and answer them actually on the website quicker as they're being posted just to keep the conversation going. And I think it's fun for people who browse around. They can look and see what people are talking about and either respond to them or respond to me or whatever. But no, form, no thanks. Email me, post on the website, uh, contact me through Tumblr or Twitter, but no form. Uh, Tony says, what do you think of Superman and Wonder Woman as a couple? He's referring to a cover that DC released for Justice League 12 by Jim Lee of Superman and Wonder Woman kissing. It's not the greatest cover. Um, I don't think anything of it. It's not the first time. won't be the last. I've seen a lot of, not outrage, but just, I don't know. People, maybe, I think people who are traditionalists are having a problem with it. I don't know, but then I also go back to some other people who say that DC didn't go far enough in the reboot. But here they are, totally changing the tradition of Superman and Lois Lane and going to Superman and Wonder Woman, and really exploring it for the first time, because that's something that hasn't been done. Not in mainstream continuity for DC. It's been done in Elseworlds, and Imaginary Tales, and little one-offs here and there, but them as a couple hasn't truly been explored. I can't, I can't drum up hatred for it, or even, or anything. It is what it is. Who cares? It's a new DC universe. Roll with it, people. And here's a voicemail from Eric from the Longbox Review. And let's listen in and hear what he has to say. Peter, hi, it's Eric from Longbox Review at longboxreview.wordpress.com. Hope you don't mind the plug. Anyway, I uh, wanted to comment about your geek out idea. 
And I wanted to encourage you, you know, don't wait for someone to steal your idea. Um, I'd like to hear that on your show at some point. Love the show. Thank you so much uh, for uh, the stuff that you put out. It's it's really interesting. And uh, I love that it's not just comic related. It's It's great stuff. So keep it up. Thank you again. And I will talk to you soon. Bye. <laughs> yeah, uh, I know it's kind of hard. I don't want the Daily Riz to be all about comics, even though it's the majority is about comics. And I didn't know I didn't envision this as being an interview podcast or something that I would have, uh, you know, a co-host with or guests or anything like that. Mostly because I record on my iPhone. For me to record on Skype, I would have to use my laptop, which would mean different equipment, and I'm just not there yet. Yeah, it would be a great episode, and I I probably would be very good at it, but, uh, you know, it is what it is, and, uh, you know, someday maybe I'll do it, uh, someday I'll roll with it, I'm sure somebody will steal the idea before that, but <laughs> until they do, it's mine. Martheus Wade from Toshigawa.com weighs in yet again on John Blake as Nightwing and says, as much as I hate to admit it, John Blake would make a great Nightwing in this new DC-52. As much as the writers like to say that this is the same Nightwing from before, it just doesn't feel like it when I read him. I'm a Dick Grayson fan from way back. Hell, my son's middle name is Grayson. But this new world doesn't fit the history of the character. Almost like a spotlight is off of him or something. I'm not sure what it is, but it sticks out like Power Girl did in the old DCU before she found out she was from Earth 2. That's a great... That's a great analogy there. I like that. Uh, by bringing in John Blake as Nightwing, importance will be put back on the character. His newness would make sense in a new world, but I hate it so. So do I, Martheus, but it does make sense. By the way, I had a cat one time that I named Grayson. And the way I got around the naming of the cat was he was actually gray, and his mom's name was Basie. So his full name was Grace Grayson Thomas Basie Cat. Grayson because of Dick Grayson. Thomas because of Tom and Jerry, my favorite cartoon. And Basie, Basie Cat because his mom was Basie. So he was the gray son of Basie. <laughs> it's so stupid. But I got, got away with it. Uh, so I had a cat named Grayson. And I think Katie Cook's daughter's name is Grayson too, I think. Alright, I got an anonymous one on Tumblr asking, I'm going through and listening to older CGS episodes that I never listened to, mostly to hear the gang of geeks in their prime. Why did you stop participating in the Civil War episodes? Wahaha. This wasn't a secret. I, I believe I posted it on the forums at the time. We were in the middle of convention season at that point point when Civil War was going on at Marvel, uh, what was it, like 2005, 2006, somewhere around there, and I was on the first two or three episodes, and at one of the conventions, one of their publicity guys at the time, it was Jim McCann, the writer of uh, Mind the Gap from Image, came up to me and said, hey, we, you know, we had a, a tiny relationship with him at the time, and, and he said, hey, we're going to be, we're going to... We're going to need to delay Civil War a little bit. I'd love to get on get on the show or get Mark Millar on the show and or, and or one of the editors and talk about what's going on and just sort of let listeners know, let people know what's going on with Civil War. 
this was before they made the big announcement that it was going to be late and you know a month or two late because of whatever reason. And at the time, Jim mentioned uh, that Mark was sick, something was going on, and they just wanted to clear the air. So I was like, cool, fine, sure, yeah, that's great. Why not? So then it came out, from Mark Miller himself, I think, that, he, well, then the news came out that, they, that it, the whole thing was going to be late, and there was a lot of people who were up in arms. And then Mark Miller came out and flat out almost just threw Steve McNiven, the artist, under the bus and said, oh, the book's late because he's late. He's just, he's taking his time, he wants it to be great, etc., etc. He's a slow artist, or I forget what the wording was. So then I, I, I sort of read that and went, oh, well, that's interesting. Well, that's not what Marvel told us, you know. And then Steve McNiven came back out and said, um, no, that's not the reason. The reason is because Civil War, the preparation for Civil War wasn't as long as Marvel was saying as it, it was, and, and he had a, a short lead time going into the series. And all of a sudden it was all this back and forth and it was back and forth between the writer and the artist and Tom Brevoort and whoever else. And I'm sure you can go look it up online. And as I'm reading it all, I'm going, huh, isn't this interesting? You know, Marvel wanted to use CGS as a way to sort of put out false information. And you know what? I wasn't happy with that. So I said, fuck it. And I said, I'm not going to support this series. I still read it, but I wasn't going to talk about it. I wasn't going to give it my analysis. I wasn't going to give it, you know, what, what I bring to event episodes. I wasn't, I was done. I was like, that's it. I'm done. And there were a lot of excuses about it, about it being late and, and how it wasn't a big deal, but retailers certainly thought it was a big deal. In fact, we did a special report on it and we talked to a few retailers. I got retailer comments through MySpace at the time and there were a number of retailers who were quite upset about it. Uh, I thought it did take a little bit of shine off the series, and the artwork by the end kind of suffered. It wasn't as great as it was in the first couple of issues, because it just he just Steve McNiven just uh, you know just couldn't handle the load, as most people can't do when they get onto event books. It's a hard process. Uh, I at, especially when it comes to CGS, I get I used to get very protective, and that. That just rubbed me the wrong way. As a producer, I, I said, no, I'm sorry, but you're not going to have us spread false information. Because, look, if we would have done that and spread that information, and then Mark Millar says, oh, no, I'm fine, it's really Steve McNiven's fault, and then Steve McNiven says, uh, no, it's not technically my fault, it, would, it got to be a little petty. And it was an interesting behind-the-scenes look in the process of event making at the time. So... Uh, I decided, I said, you know what, I'm not going to be part of that, and I just didn't do the episodes. So, that was the reason. It was no great secret. I, I met, Like I said, I mentioned it on the forum, I probably mentioned it on the episodes as well, at one point or another. Uh, but that's, uh, that's why I ducked out. You know, at times, I'm a feisty Puerto Rican, and, you know, don't, uh, don't F with what I'm trying to create. Alright, finally... Martin at CosmicTimes.net says, Catching up on the Daily Rios, thanks for coming back, Peter. Well, you're welcome, Martin, and it was great hanging out with you at Denver Comic-Con. I'm sure we will do it again next year. Everyone go check out CosmicTimes.net, especially if you're a King Arthur fan. You might like some books that he has there. 
it has been fun coming back to the Daily Rios, and I hope everyone's, uh, you know, slightly interested in what I have to say. All right, listen to this, and then I'll come back with a few recommendations. Hey, this is Bane. Listen to this promo for thebatmanuniverse.net, or I'll break you. Thebatmanuniverse.net, your source for all things related to the Dark Knight, including the latest news related to the comics, movies, TV, merchandise, video games, and much more. Each month, an assortment of podcasts are produced, including a bi-monthly comic podcast, special commentaries and interviews, the Batman Universe specials, and a podcast which delves into TV, movie, merchandise, video game news, and beyond. Keep up to date with everything about Batman, get to know the kooky and lovable casts of the podcasts, listen to in-depth conversations about the latest direct-to-video movies, and increase your knowledge about the Dark Knight and his family, only at thebatmanuniverse.net. I'm Dustin from thebatmanuniverse.net, and I approve this message. Just some recommendations before I close out the episode. Go listen to Comics Cast 125 by Bruce Rosenberger. He picks up on the Popeye IDW talk that I mentioned either in this New Comics Wednesday or in last New Comics Wednesday. He talks about the current series. He talks about the reprint series that they're doing. And uh, it's just a good episode. So check it out, Comics Cast episode 125. And then on the web, if you're bored, check out the official handbook to the Marvel Universe Redux edition. It's a recreation blog, and it's at ohatmuredux.blogspot.com. And I'll post a link in the show notes. They have down here, it in, this blog invites a select group of cartoonists and artists to come together in order to recreate every single character entry in the original official handbook of the Marvel Universe Deluxe Edition in their own style. This caught my eye because Brent Schoonover, who was the artist on Mr. Murder is Dead last year from Archaea with uh, writer Victor Knash, he did a recreation of The Rose, the Spider-Man villain The Rose, and it was really cool. So I popped on over to the blog, and there are a lot of recreations. Some are almost straight recreations, some are some take liberties, some are uh, really interesting in, in how they do the art to portray the characters, but it's a great website, it's a great blog, it's some fun artwork on there from artists that you don't really hear about. Uh, so go check it out, ohatmuredux.blogspot.com. That's it for this week's episodes of The Daily Rios. I get to go hang out with my girl tonight, haven't seen her in a number of days, so that'll be a lot of fun. Trying not to rub her sunburn. I'll be back next week. I start a whole slew of meetings at my university next week and my first class next Friday. So that'll be interesting to see how that all schedules out with everything else I try to do, including this podcast. And uh, I'll probably have more to talk about at that time. I'll probably watch some more TV when I can. And I'll certainly be reading some more books. I've been getting some nudges about doing reviews on the show. And again, I'm, I'm trying not to make this a comics podcast. I'm almost thinking I need a, a weekly generic comics podcast to sort of filter a lot of the information that people want to hear in this show into that show. Uh, I don't know. Maybe that's something I, I'll do. Because I could do it on my iPhone as well and make it a little bit longer, but just make it comics-specific and, and treat the Daily Reels like I want to treat it, which is just a snippet of what's going on in my life and... Um, some things I want to talk about instead of having planned episodes. So I don't know. We'll see. Like I said, it's all experiment. 
And, uh, yeah. So, if you want to get a hold of me, peter at thedailyrios.com. Put a comment on the website, put a comment on iTunes, subscribe through iTunes, follow me on Twitter, and all that good stuff. Have a great weekend. Much, much thanks for everyone's continued feedback and for everybody's uh, listenership. I really appreciate it. You warm the cockles of my heart. I have no idea what that means.